What's up, podcast? It's me. Uh, pretty exciting news for everybody who owns a Roku. I'm on it now. And so if you have a Roku, you should be able to find it. So if you want to check out the article on how to sign up on Roku, GaryVEE.com slash GaryVEE Roku, R-O-K-U. And uh, I'm excited about it. Uh, I, I think the distribution of my content on OTTs is important. And uh, and I'd love to get some feedback. I want to see how the experience is. So anybody can hit me up on Twitter where I'm engaging tremendously. Um, let me know how the Roku experience uh, is with my content. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. See ya. This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Because we're going to be Please give me a huge round of applause for my friend, Gary Vee. Thank Thanks for having me. Look, I'm really excited to be here. You know, obviously with a smaller group, I hope we can do a bunch of Q&A. I'll try to give you a little context about what I want to talk about and then take it from there. I think the, the thing that has allowed me to travel a lot and speak is that the only thing I ever think about when I talk is the audience. You know, how do you create context that matters for the people in the room? I speak at events that have people that run Fortune 500 companies that do $50 billion a year and I speak to athletes and emerging hip hop artists and kids and I run the gamut. To be very frank with you, I'm only interested in talking about something that's gonna bring value to the 20, 30 people in this room and so the things I'm gonna spit right now are the things that I think make sense based on the very little I know about the people in the room. Uh, I was born in in the Soviet Union, in Belarus. Uh, When I came to America, I was three years old. I lived in a studio apartment in Queens with eight family members. I didn't see my dad until I was 14 years old because he worked every minute and we didn't have much and we grinded. I think the thing that excites me is, you know, I, I so appreciate the nice intro, but me investing in Facebook and Twitter and Uber is not what's on the mindset in this room. What's in the mindset of this room for me, and I'll let you ask your own questions, and I'm not interested in judging or assuming, but for me, what I'm most excited about is that there's never been a time ever where there's been so much opportunity in the world and I don't think people realize it because I think people don't realize what's gone on with this internet thing. You're, most people in here are a bunch of youngsters. You've never known the world pre-internet. When I was 18, I still never seen the internet in my life because I'm old and that's how I came up. And so for me, this internet thing is changing everything. Everything that's happening in our society, everybody in this room, including myself, is grossly underestimating the internet. And for me, the only passion I have is how quickly can you have it consistently? Because the second you realize what that thing is and you understand what it means, it eliminates everything that's ever happened before. Every single thing that's happened before becomes irrelevant when you have that opportunity because the reality is it's just game changing. I'll give you a quick story. This, uh, this Saturday I had dinner with my parents, which was awesome because I'm hustling so hard that you know I don't get to see them as much as I want. And we had dinner and we're, we're bouncing and the waitress ran after me and grabbed me. I was like, hey, I just want to thank you. And I was like, sure. Uh, she's like, my fiance didn't have a job 15 months ago. And then he saw a video you posted on YouTube and in the last 15 months, he made $1.5 million off of a $1,000 investment in buying stuff in China and selling it on Amazon. And 
yeah, that's real good. <laughs> and and it, it really hit me so hard because I was thinking to myself, my God, between YouTube and Instagram and these things, free information, right? Guy had a thousand dollars, and he was. I mean, if he made. $15,000, that would have seemed crazy. If he made $150,000, that would have been all time, would have changed his life. To go from not having a job and having $1,000 to making $1.5 million in a year is just bat crazy and was not possible when I was growing up. It took decades to amass that kind of wealth. The opportunity is, is ridiculous. What's up, everybody? How you doing? Thanks for coming through. So look, for me it's real simple, right? I was kind of laughing. If you do have Instagram and you went to my Instagram account and you looked at my post eight posts or nine posts ago, you'd see something interesting. I'm sure for a lot of people in this room, you're, uh, you're pounded the value of education, school, right? Got brought up like three or four times. I was a DNF student. I, uh, my at school. Like I got, like I actually was so bad at school that I had my my admin, my my assistant, reach out to my high school and get a copy of my report card so I could put it on Instagram the other day because people are confused what success looks like or how you get there. It doesn't mean that you should look at me and not do school. It means that you need to look at yourself and figure out who you are. What are you good at? What do you like? How are you gonna get to the place that you wanna get to? And so for me, I got four A's in high school my entire career, all in gym, right? Like, I got a D in yearbook, you know? And so to me, there's just a thousand paths out there. And so for me, I'm curious about one by one, one by one, for the 30 people in this room, where's their mindset? Where are they at? Who are they listening to? What are they judging their self-worth and their ambition based on? How are they counting the points? Because when you're a youngster, you're looking at all sorts of different things. You're being affected by all sorts of different voices. And for me, the only thing that worked, even though I was getting D's and F's and all my friends' parents told me I was a loser, even though all my teachers told me I wasn't gonna be anything, even though I didn't have stuff, even though I was, I just was in my own head. I knew exactly who I was. But the thing that I was willing to do was I was willing to work. And the thing that my parents taught me was not to dwell, not to cry about it. I didn't have when I, when I rolled up on my mom when I was nine when Nintendo was popping, because when it first broke, I was like, Mom, I need Nintendo. She's like, good, go get it. <laughs> and so I shoveled snow and I ripped people's flowers out of their yard and sold it back to them, <laughs> which is my favorite one. There's so many amazing people, but ultimately, the world doesn't care. Everybody grows up with Right? It's crazy for me to be in this room because 48 hours ago I had dinner with somebody who was crying for four hours over dinner with me because he has $10 million in his trust fund and he thinks that he'll never be able to be his own man because everybody's gonna say that his grandfather put him on and his life is ruined because he has $10 million in the bank. Every person in here that just heard that said, out of here, <laughs> right, right? But guess what, that's his thing. That's in his head, that's his circumstance. And to be straight to the face with you, I actually think that that is scarier because there's nothing he can ever do to get away from the fact that he was put on like that and everybody will judge him for life. I genuinely believe 
genuinely believe this. I don't know your circumstances and I'm gonna make, but I'm telling you, once you get this, if you don't have it, you're in motion. The game has started, period. Give me $5 and a cell phone that has internet and I'm off to the races. I'll go to the dollar store, I'll buy five things, I'll put them on eBay, and I'll have $13 later. And on and on and on. And so I am in a place where I'm not here to rah-rah you or make myself feel good that I'm doing something nice. I'm doing something nice every day. I'm here because if I can get one of you to realize how ridiculous it is, how your grandparents, if they were in this situation, it would have taken them decades. But for you, if you really put in the work to educate yourself, educating isn't school. Educating is a whole different game. And so for me, I'm here because I'm giving back to the one thing that got me to the place that I'm at, and that's hustle, work. And everybody has that at bat if they want it, and there's a million ways to do it. And the fact that you can do it now at scale with this blows my face off, changes everything. And if you don't have that, you need to figure out how to get to that. If you can get to that, then the whole world is open to you. You need to really quantify how special this time is. It's real and you've got two choices every day of your life. You're either optimistic or you're pessimistic. You're either seeing what's good or you're seeing what's bad. My whole life, even when I was like in a very different place, I would always just say seven billion people. Now it's seven, seven, seven point seven billion people. Where do I rank for all the that I got for all the negativity, where do I rank? Am I better than the person that's terminally ill, that has a lot of money, that's gonna die in a month? Yep. Am I better than somebody who's living in a cage in parts of the world that we don't even wanna look at? Yep. And so, to me, this is a mindset game. And it's real hard, it's real hard to penetrate your mindset right now, because where you're at in the game, it's early. My one ambition in here right now is to get one person in this room to realize how much offense and how early it is in your game. I put out a lot of content and my favorite piece of content right now because I get so many emails from 20 and 30 year olds who are upset, concerned, worried and I always tell them like, it's not even halftime. It's not even halftime. You're worried about losing or it's not going your way and your game hasn't even started. If you want, if, if this organization can really do you some good, they need to start sending you to retirement homes and you need to start spending time with people that are 80, 90, 100 years old. You need context. It's really hard for me to worry about anybody in this room when you're in the first inning, when you're in the first quarter. What happens in the first 20 years of your life means means nothing. And to be very honest, you don't want to hear this from me, but I'm just going to tell you because it's the truth. I think your adversity is your gift. Straight up. Because what you don't realize is happening right now in the world is the internet is making everything equal and the chip on the shoulder that's forming on you right now, the fact that you're not entitled and you're not soft and you can appreciate that's going to play out in your 20s, 30s, and 40s. You don't see it now but you're gonna look at it the same way I did. When I was nine and my mom said, go yourself, buy your own Nintendo, (laughs) I hated life. Now it's the best that ever happened to me. When I was 13 and I had to work every weekend and make two bucks an hour bagging ice for 15 hours a day and all my friends were partying and hooking up and having fun and going to parties and I hated it. Now it's the best 
that ever happened to me. So while everybody was looking down at me back then, I was looking inside my own head. And honestly, every time anybody looked down at me, I registered that and put in the column. And that became my fuel. And so I think you're lucky. And I know you don't. But just remember in 20 or 30 years this talk, because I think you might agree, if you're willing to put in the work. And a bunch of you are just gonna dwell on it. That's facts. That's just real life, it's just math. A bunch of people are gonna be like, yo, I got dealt a hand, this, like the game, which is cool. You do you, actually, I'll be really frank with you, I don't give a I mean it, what? It's the truth, I can't control that. But I'm real curious about the people that are putting this energy in the right pocket, in the right place, building that, building that. Because if this was 1986 with no internet, you would have been in a tough spot. It would have taken a long, long, long time. But this internet thing doesn't care who you are. That's real. So, biggest piece of advice I could give you, the quickest way you could figure out how to sell that would really teach you a lot. No matter who you are in this room, if you can learn how to buy something or get something, get it how you have to get it, and learn how to sell it, I would highly recommend it. The quickest way you can figure out how to sell on Facebook Marketplace and eBay and Amazon, if you can learn that game, if you've got aspirations, if you wanna win, it's a, it's a land grab out there. It's a land grab out there. You know, there's a piece of content I've been making on Instagram and YouTube for about a year, year and a half, about going to, trying to set the mood. <laughs> I got you. Um, about going to thrift stores and dollar stores and flipping and it's crazy. So I, I'll tell you how it happened actually. About a year and a half ago, about a year, yeah, about a year and a half ago, I was on Breakfast Club and it was going real well. Charlemagne was real nice and then Envy kind of ran up on me and it was like, yo, this motivational Give us something tangible. And so like I'm like, you know, you're on the radio, you're live, you got a few minutes, I'm like, what am I gonna say? And I went back to what got me to where I am today, just buying and selling stuff. For me it was baseball cards, because that's what people wanted back in the day. For a lot of other people, there's so much to do. To me, it's real interesting. I, I was thinking about this the other day, I was going to the airport and I saw this huge line outside a sneaker shop and it was like 5.15 in the morning. And I looked at everybody and I was like, yep, those are my people, right? Because they're just like, they're just hungry. They're just willing to stand outside a sneaker store at 4.30 in the morning in the cold because they know they're gonna flip those Yeezys or Supremes and make a couple hundred bucks. And I think that person has the advantage in the world going forward because what stopped everybody from winning before was there were people stopping people but now the internet is the actual middle, not some old rich person or anything else. There's nobody else that gets to judge. So if you, and especially for you, because once you get the phone, once you play, this stuff is native to you. You understand it. And so I highly recommend you figure out how to use it to get yours, because it's there. It's really, really there. And if it's selling, cool, because I think that's the easiest one, to be honest with you. Start with $10, but if it's not selling, then it's about making content and getting people to pay attention to you. Maybe you can sing, maybe you can dance, maybe you can dunk, I don't know what you're up to, but sitting and worrying about it and sitting around and contemplating it isn't gonna get it done. 
and the only people that are willing to listen to you to complain are other people that are losing. And that's facts. So I highly recommend you get your head into a place where you just go on the offense, straight offense, because you have the options. You have the options. And so I think it's the greatest time to be alive. The internet is still new. There's still so much to take. You could absolutely grab it. It could be yours. It's just about going into a different place in your mind and getting real quiet. Thing that got me through is everything got quiet. Everything became Charlie Brown. All those teachers, all those parents, all those people telling me I couldn't or I wasn't or I was losing, I just drowned them out. And so that would be my recommendation. Drown out the noise and get real focused on the opportunity because I have a lot of empathy that you may not see it right now, but it doesn't mean it's not there. And I see it every day. I get emails and DMs every day from people that are building up from real small places. It's just patience. If I can leave you with anything, it's patience. Patience. How many people in this room right now over 30? Raise your hands. Just kidding. (laughs) They don't know, right? When you were 14, you felt old, like I'm grown. Like, you, you don't get it how early it is. I'm 42 years old. I feel exactly the same way I did when I was 16. I got straight fire in my chest. I'm hungry. I want it. Feels the same. I don't even know what to tell you. And all the nine people that just raised your hand will tell you the same thing. We're still thinking about the same dumb we did when we were 15. We're still ambitious, we still want it, we're still growing, it's the same thing. And you can't see that now and neither could I. When I went into the liquor store when I was 22 years old, my cousin was 30, I thought he was old. (laughs) You know, so I know what you think, I get it, I remember, I've got a good enough memory. But I'm not trying to rah-rah you or give you hope off some I'm just trying to tell you the truth which is the internet's here, it's a complete land grab, There's unlimited opportunity. Nobody cares where you started. Nobody's stopping you. There's nobody that's gotta take your resume. There's no grades that matter, none of it. What matters is are you willing to hustle and how bad do you want it? And are you willing to live a life where you're not letting other people judge you so then you're not pandering to it. The biggest problem I see right now with a lot of people, a lot of 20, 30 year old guys follow me and every one of them is just buying dumb like just buying dumb like clothes and watches and sneakers all because they're trying to front and use it to get girls and all that and that's fine, I get it. But they're letting other people dictate their life. And that is the biggest thing that if you could get out of this talk, if you can get nobody to dictate your life. And I'm talking this organization, your parents, your friends, Nobody, if you can get into that crazy place that I got to and the other people that I study and watch that broke through, it's gotta get real quiet and that's what I'm hoping for you. So, that's where I'm at. But my first question before we open up to the floor would be, if you don't have social media and you only have access to the internet at school, how do you use the internet to be resourceful and even get a job? Well, first of all, you have to decide if you want to get a job. And second of all, like if you're going into your computer lab, right, you know, 
you could sign into your Instagram for that minute, 15 minutes, four hours. You know, here's what I would do for everybody here. I would do everything possible. I would do, and I mean everything possible. Like, and, and I just, you have to understand, I, you know, I lived a version of this life, not to the extremity that you did, but I, to me, the, the big game is very simple. If I know one person, if I know one person that did it, then there's a blueprint. And so, you know, obviously I knew it was coming here and I did a little searching. One guy's like, yo, I was homeless. I got $10 from handouts. I caught your video because he had a phone. My service was cut off a month later, so I lost you. I didn't have it, but I had the 10 bucks. I heard you. I went and bought $10 worth of water at the bodega, went outside, sold it, made 20, kept building, building, and he remembered, he remembered the, 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 the um, thrift, store, thrift store flip. He walked in, he had $47, he bought a pair of Jordans that were in the thrift store for 19, he sold them for 57 on eBay. He just kept going and going and going and going and going and going. He didn't care what people were saying when he sold water outside. He didn't care what people said when he was going into every thrift store. He didn't give a <laughs> He just kept going and going and going, saved up enough to turn back on his service get a year's worth of service, now he's back on the internet, now he's really flipping stuff on Instagram and Amazon and eBay, and then he just kept going and he made thousands and thousands of dollars, then he got an apartment, like, my big thing is what's your alternative? Like what, are you gonna sit and dwell? So, it's just there. You just have it so much better than people that looked like you and had your situation 30, 40 years ago and didn't have the web, period, period. So I don't know, it's just remarkable. It's just remarkable. Yeah. I, I don't know what to say. That wasn't real. That wasn't real when I was a kid. I was buying all sorts of dumb to sell but I had to go to flea markets on the weekend. All right. If I had eBay, I'd own the Jets now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys have questions? Anything? People got questions. They're just worried about people's judgment on yeah. their question. Right. I want to answer 101 basic I'll answer anything. Thank you. What's your name? Kayla. Kayla, how are you? Good. Good. My question is, some people want to be other things, like a writer and um, a dancer, yep. a, a singer. How yep. do you get to that goal? You know, being a writer, singer, dancer, and getting to that goal uses the same, look, I think the internet is the magic pill, right? So like, if you, again, if you can get to the place where you have social, you need to write, sing and dance on Instagram, use hashtags, right? You got the book, you can read it, you can go sell it for four bucks, I don't give a what you do, but you need to go out and you have to make content at scale because if you can sing, you need exposure. So if you can sing, well then, my question is, this is not just, you know, like I think people get confused by making it. If you want to write, sing, and dance, you also have to figure out how, how that's balanced with how you're gonna live, right? So there's a big difference between being Beyonce and being somebody who makes 50,000 a year singing. Both are interesting, that's your talent. So first of all, you gotta figure out how good you are because people are delirious out here. People think they're going to the league. People think they're, gonna, they're the next meek. You know, people think that they're the next Beyonce, like people are delirious out here. Meanwhile, some people are it. So to me, here's the funniest part. There's no more debating. Take your phone, point at your fit self and do it. 
and then figure out if people like it. And when people say they don't like it, you gotta make more of it. You need two, three, four years of rejection before you give up. Years. People post one post on Instagram of them freestyling, people shit on them and they give up. Make content. Got it? You wanna write? Write. If it's good, it's gonna be found. I have a question. Go ahead. So I went to tech school during high school. Yes. I knew I was, I was straight A, but I was, you know, the lower spectrum. I went. You were the lower spectrum of straight A's? <laughs> Where the did you go? <laughs> On a basic, I was always like a basic, but I got, I got good grades. Got it. A's, yep, A's. got it. Found tech school. Okay. I got my cosmetology license at 18. Yeah. I got on the whole time. Made fun of constantly. Yep. Tech school was not the way to go. But I got my license for free. Yep. 18. I've been working since 16. Yep. I do makeup, I do hair. Yep. I've made money more than people that went to college and went to grad school. So I know how to motivate myself, but in negative aspects, how do you get at that? Look, me, me swooping in for an hour, taking a couple selfies, signing a book for you, it's not gonna get it done, right? This is way beyond this moment. So I'm not delirious about this. Here's what you and I were able to do. We were able to hear a lot of things and block it out. You know how many people have questions but they're scared to ask it because they're scared of the judgment of the question from the person sitting next to them? So I get it. Like I, I have plenty versions of that too. Like everybody's got it. Like I can do this, but there's other things I wouldn't do because I'm scared of the judgment. I'm not gonna dance in front of you because it's gonna be whack as and I don't wanna be laughed. Like I get it, right? I get it. But here's the punchline. There is no alternative, right? So for me, you know, I'm not, I'm not, ideological. I don't think I'm rolling in here and gonna inspire everybody to go get there. Like, to me, it's just putting facts in people's heads and moving on. This is what it is. Like, for example, you're gonna get pushed education like crazy. Let me tell you what's going on with education. Unless you're a really good student and you think you're gonna go to a top university that's gonna give you a scholarship and you're gonna get a great job, by the time you guys get to the college system, it's not gonna be that great of a deal for you. And if you are thinking about going to college and collecting debt at 11%, you're gonna really be in bad shape until you're 40. That's facts, that's not popular. Your mom and teachers don't wanna tell you that. I get it, but that's facts. College is broken in America. (laughs) Now, when you're 13, 16, nine, that sounds great. Like, yeah, school, I get it. But for some of you, school's exactly right because you've got it like that. You understand it, you figured out the system, you know how to get good grades, and maybe you should go, especially if people are gonna pay for it and you don't get that, right? So what I'm just saying is that everybody's gonna have a different path. Everybody's gonna have a different path. You just need to figure out what you like and what you're good at. And if you're lucky enough that what you like is what you're good at, well then you won. But if not, you gotta decide if you're gonna live a life where you're gonna do something that makes you happy and you like it and maybe you're not gonna have private jets and all that stuff or you're gonna live a life where you're just gonna make some money because you wanna get that place out and that, that's what you want. This is about choices. There is no perfect. You already know that. That is your advantage. Yes, sir. So, 
ironically, we just got a meeting at your office today. Is that right? And uh, 10 uh, Hudson Yards? Yeah. This guy's office was so busy that there were no conference rooms for us to actually. Oh, at Vayner? Yes, at Vayner. Yes, it was busy. It was crazy today. But um, I got a question for you on how you answer the pivot. The pivot. I started out uh, in, uh, in college going uh, for pre-med. Yes. Ended up working on Wall Street. Yes. Now I'm in media. Yes. A lot of these kids probably have like a certain vision for where they want to see themselves. What do you have in terms of advice on not getting comfortable with their vision? Look, and you know this, like the vision at this age is far more fancy. You know, you get less fancy with your vision as you get older, <laughs> right? When you're 12, you're gonna play in the league, you're gonna be a famous this, you're gonna be an influencer, you're gonna be a famous vlogger, you're gonna win Grammys, like, and then as you get to 18 and 19, you know how that works. So for me, you know, if this was college kids, the pivot's super interesting because they've been hit with that cold water, like, oh, I don't want to be a doctor. I want to make money <laughs> or whatever it was, right? That made you switch it up. You know, for me right now, it's like, I'm just, you know, it's funny what's running through my head right now. I'm like, man, is there one kid in here that hears me, right? I'm like, is there one kid that understands, like, stop crying, stop crying? Like, nobody's listening. There's people that have compassion. I got compassion for days. The problem is I know there's four billion people that have it worse than you. I don't know what to say. So like, I got some compassion for you. So, you know, like, you know, what I think we're all trying to achieve here because we have compassion, we care. I'm just trying to come at it, not from a different angle, I'm not trying to shock you with my cursing, that's just what happens when I have people in front of me. (laughs) I'm just trying to get somebody to believe and not like hyped and then not care next Tuesday. I'm just trying to make sure one thing resonates in somebody's, you know how it works, we all lived it, right? Like just one piece of thing that like could resonate and the only thing that ever resonates, you know, I. I'm very, you know, I was very affected by growing up in New Jersey and just like East Coast and like the 80s when the Beastie Boys and all, you know, and I I just, when I think back to like culture right now, what resonates is only one of two things, complete and utter and straight truth, right? Either like stuff that just everybody dreams of like, oh, yes, 50 bottles of champagne and private jets and Lost in coast to coast, and you know, or just the truth. I'm not interested in selling that because it's not practical for 99.999%. I like talking in this environment about the truth. And the truth is not what these kids get a lot. They get ideology, they get people that come up here and spit facts that make them feel good that they checked the box and spent an hour. And I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in getting somebody to do something. And the only way to do that is to suffocate the that's running through their head. We got a question right here. Um, What's your name, my guy? Uh, Joe. Joe. Um, uh, what if um, someone is good at like doing something or like a job or like no matter what it is and they can make a living off of it, but they don't love they it. Don't like it, yeah, and like they don't have a good passion for it, but they don't mind it. What do you think? 
I'm a fan of it if it gets you out of a situation that you're not interested in. If we're being direct here, like if that can get you to the next spot, I'm interested. I worked for my dad's liquor store when I was from 22 to 34 years old. I built my dad's liquor store to a $60 million business and at 34 years old I left and had nothing. It was my dad's business. I would inherit it one day, but I hope my dad lives forever and I'll be 90, right? So, like, I did what I thought was right. Different circumstance, but I did what what I thought was right. I was an immigrant kid. My parents took me from Russia to America. I wanted to pay them back. I worked my face off, gave up all my 20s, right? Super easy to be humble with her when you're humble. (laughs) You know? So, you know, when I hear you asking that question without knowing every one of your details, I think you gotta do what you have to do to get to the next step to give yourself more options. Yeah. Got it? So like if you're good at it and it works and it can get you to that next spot that gives you options at 30, how old are you? I'm uh, 15. Mazel, you're 15. If that can get you to a place at 27 that gives you options, you'll be a kid at 27. At 15, you think 27's dead, old, I get it, I remember. But I'm telling you to your face, it's young kid, you're a young kid. How many people here would love to be 27? I am. (laughs) Get to that next spot. I get it. Listen, let me tell you one thing that you will not hear often. The person that knows how to eat the most amount of usually eats the most amount of caviar. Got it? You need to eat, get to the next spot. Not directly, (laughs) but you understand? If it's good like that and that can get you to the next spot, that's perfect regardless of what it is. Whatever gets you to the next spot is exactly, move forward. It's good, man. I'm glad you, if you have something like that brewing, that excites me. That's real easy for me to see how it can go for you. You just gotta be patient. That's where you gotta stay disciplined and save that money and not buy all the stuff that's getting fed to you that you need. It's hard to get to the next spot when you spend 700 bucks to buy a Supreme bag. All right guys, let's do one or two more questions. Anybody else? I, want, I definitely want this man. And I, I got, I'm willing to be a little late. I'm at right here who I've been paying attention to the whole time. What's your name? Glenn Nice to meet you. I wanted to ask you, what did you do like your moments that put people trying to put you down, like to fulfill your, your, your goals? I liked it. I had a meeting today with a sports agent. My brother and AJ and I started a sports agency, right? So we now represent players in, in football. And I, he's a big shot. And he's like, he was like, in one of those conferences with me and I was educating on what we're doing and he kind of took a step back. He's like, oh, whoa, this is, this is way bigger than I thought. Like, you guys are really gonna win this thing, huh? And I said, yeah, and I said to him, and this is my favorite part, when all the agents that think they're big shots with big players are on me and making fun of us. Uh, when, I, when people were putting me down, man, I was collecting them in my head. I just don't believe in anybody's opinion about me more than I believe in the opinion I got about myself. Do you know what the most delicious flavor in the world is? I told you so. <laughs> you understand? I don't, I, don't, I, I don't admire anybody enough to take their point of view on me over my own. Listen, 
Let me tell you something about this country. We love the rags to riches story a hell of a lot more than any other story. You are set up for the good It's just, are you gonna work hard enough and get into the right mental place to get there? More time? On the internet, there's bad and good inspiration. How do you use that? Well, what do you define as bad inspiration? Like, um, bad role models, good role models. Like, who do you think is a bad role model? Okay, well, like, the way I look at anything is if I've decided it's a bad role model, it's not a role model, mm. you know? You know? I mean, if you're saying that it's a bad role model because other people say it, but you like it or think some of the parts of what they're doing are good, that's what you have to dissect. Nobody's all good, nobody's all bad. To me, it's just picking the pieces that you're interested in. My guy. Hey Gary. How are you? So I consider you like a real rack of riches story. Yeah. Right. And I'm an immigrant as well. And like when you're when you got into that level of success and you're around people who didn't have to work as hard. Yeah. Like how do you evaluate that? Like you know. I feel worse for them, man. Yeah. Like like it's really hard to walk into this room look at their faces and have what's going through my head as these kids have such a big advantage they have no idea. Because they could never believe it and nobody out there would think it. They, I'd be judged as a bad guy to think every kid in here has it better than all the rich kids on the Upper West Side. I just believe it. Because it's my truth. Because I've always felt like success was when you're born in a certain class and you, I think when people are born in a certain class and they retain it, to me, I don't consider that success. Like, like JFK Jr. or something like, when you're born there, like, it's, it's man, like because you know, projects is everything around you. Th- th- think about what you just said. Yeah. You know how much, like that was how, why I brought up that other kid. Like, yeah. you're like JFK, like, that means that person lost from the get. Yeah. What you're basically saying is if you're born with money, you've lost from day one. So like, and honestly, I'm not so sold that you're not wrong. Like I, I view, but we also are judging the game. <laughs> when you don't have anything, you want stuff. So you don't give a shit about merit or respect or skills, you're just trying to get some stuff. But once you get it, how you get it becomes the game. Yeah. And so some of us are fortunate enough to be judging people on the skills, not the stuff. So for me, once I, you know, once I made $100,000 a year, Antonio, then I was good. Like I thought I'd made it forever. I've never felt the impact of money since that mark the same way. Cause I don't need stuff. Like, like I, I don't need stuff. The reason I love being an entrepreneur is cause nobody's my boss. <laughs> so like making 80,000 a year selling rubber bands on Amazon sounds great to me because nobody's yelling at me how many rubber, like I just like the autonomy, I like the control. You know why I'm a nice guy? It's leverage. When you're giving more than you're asking for, you've got the leverage. I like leverage. All right, so- Hold on, hold on. Sorry, um, No, don't be. Uh, I have like one last question. Um, how do you deal with like, um, like, or what would be like, uh, you feel like, um, 
what good advice would be like if you would fail at something what keeps you pushing forward and keeps you motivated and what do you think are some of the good things that might help some people with like doing that well for me the reason I always do things that I think I might fail at is because I don't care what anybody thinks if I lose. It's a very big deal, guys. The reason I take so many risks, and always did, and that's why I won, was because if I lost, I didn't care about what anybody thought about my L. It's my L. I'm telling you, if you can figure out how to get every voice out of your mind, your whole life will change. Doesn't mean you don't take advice from people, but if you realize how to get quiet up here, everything's different, man. What's scary about failure? I love losing, it means I learned something. Figures, figure out how not to do it again, <laughs> right? Yeah, they say, uh, I kinda like heard, they say what well, I say too, it's like, the only way that you can learn is from your mistakes and the only way that you can learn and will learn is from failing because that's the best thing. My man, you learn from winning too. But let me tell you one thing, not trying or doing always loses. You'll learn from winning. I've learned a ton of from winning. I've learned a lot from losing. The only thing I've done much better than a lot of people is I'm always doing. While you're sitting and debating, should I, or could I, or how, or what, I'm working. Go ahead, my man. How do you build confidence? That's a great, that's a great question, my man. So I got real lucky. Even though there wasn't a lot, and I was coming up a certain way, my mom did it for me. Not, now, my grandma did not do it for my dad, right? She was an old Eastern European woman, she did it different. I'm gonna give you an extremely, extremely, this is why I'm so glad that I let a little more questions go because you just asked a real important question. Something I really hope people can understand. It's gonna be really, real. please pay attention to this one thing. The only way I've seen, now that I'm older, that you can build confidence is if you surround yourself with people that are optimistic. It's just super real. It's super hard what I'm about to say to you. Everybody in this room needs to cut out as much of the noise and time with people that are negative and spend as much time with people that are positive. And I'm not talking about positive as like, there's people in the toughest situations that are optimistic and positive and there's the people that have the most in the world that are pessimistic and negative. This isn't where you're at or what you got. This is, are the people that you're sitting with at school, on the bus, the shelter, here, right now, are they saying how everything is? Or are they talking about how to get out? Get rid of everybody who says it, including family members, I'm not kidding. Doesn't mean run away from home, you know, but kinda. There's only one way to build confidence, my guy. It's having people that are reinforcing good things to you. It's brainwashing, for real. Yes, so. How are you? I'm good, how are you? What's your name? Alicia. Alicia, how you doing? I'm good. Good. Okay, so, me, my, I, I want to become um, an author. Okay. I want New York Times bestseller, just like you. Amazing. And I have been writing, it's my passion. It's and I have, I had applied to this 
riding on YC Teen, and I spilled my heart out. It was just me. Mm-hmm. Just me Raw. Words. Yes. They declined me. Yep. So it's like, it's like, they, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I get it. It's like, that's me. Yeah. So it's like, they're not accepting me. Them. But it's like, should I? <laughs> should no, I? but honestly, guys, first of all, yeah. they didn't decline you. One random person that read your declined you, them. But it's like, imagine if I changed some stuff up. If I changed me, they would have probably took me. You're wrong, so- you're wrong. Listen to my face. I'm telling you right to your face, you're wrong. You're valuing somebody else's opinion too much. You're wrong. I, I'm just telling, this, this is not a debate. You're wrong. Do you understand? You're letting one random person, listen, do you, do you understand how many people would have hired me? None. Who's, who's got Instagram in here? Cool, go to it right now. Please do me a huge favor. Go to Instagram, go to Gary VEE, that's my account. Go 10, 11 posts back, you'll see my report card. I was ranked 243rd out of 254 in my class. 243 out of 254 in my class. You know why? Because I knew it was for me. It might not be for you. This is about self-awareness. You have to know who you are. But for me, it was because I didn't need it. Because I wasn't, tr- I didn't give a what Saturn, how many rings Saturn had. Listen to me. You can't let something be valuable more than you. You're pandering to them. Let them come to you. Take that same essay and post that on Instagram with a photo and see what happens. See what happens. Let the market decide, not some middle management person that read your. Good. Of course it's true. And when you're young and 13 and 15 and nine, you think you gotta change your up because you don't know how it's played. That's why I'm here to tell you exactly how it's played. One person read your story, my dear, and that person. For real. Who else has got a question? Not yet, Nicole. <laughs> Anybody else? Go ahead. You spoke about quieting the noise a lot and you know, always thinking about there being an alternative to why you keep pushing. You think about there's no alternative. What are your tools? One more time, I apologize. No, no problem, no problem. You said that you, a lot of the reason, um, you spoke about patience. Yes. About there not being an alternative. You yes. About quieting the noise in your head. Yes. What are your tools for quieting the noise in your head? Because sometimes you can be your own worst. <laughs> Enemy in that way. To, you know, that's a really tough question to answer. Obviously, mindset came natural to me. It was a circumstantial thing. Here's what I would say. Back to the same way this was not a debate. My friends, if you're thinking positively, good things are gonna happen. If you're thinking negatively, bad things are gonna happen. I really, it's, I just, it's so weird, right? Because when Nicole says I'm a motivational, it's like, I don't wanna be a motivate. I don't want to be. I'm, I mean it. I was 34 years old, I was a businessman. There was no motivational me. There was no writing books. There was no personality. There was no 3.2 million followers on Instagram. I was just practical. I worked and I thought life was good, even though I didn't have, you know, I felt life was good when I didn't have like, I get worried that Antonio thinks I think life is good because I have money in the bank. That, like, like my, my grandkids are gonna get, like, like, I'm not gonna spend it. If you're not gonna spend it, it's the same. So like, 
it's just, to me, it just became obvious to me that it wasn't a good idea to listen to other people. <laughs> what? Right? Like the thought that, like, you know how happy I am right now that I stayed here and we had that conversation? It's one person. Like, I think you're tie-dyed hoodie is rad. <laughs> Dude behind you might think it's you know? It's just the way it is. People's got opinions. Like, it's just one person. It's not, a, that's not the whole company. So, I'm not sure. You know, what, what I would tell you is, I just choose optimism. Just because I know if I choose pessimism, it's over. If I choose that Donald Trump's gonna ruin America, I'll be sad. <laughs> if I choose that it doesn't mean shit, like I mean the same way I felt about Barack Obama and Bush and every other president, if you think the president is dictating your life, you're a loser. Go ahead. No alternative for you, and that's one of the No alternative, like what? Nobody's gonna cry for me. Like, like you think about this situation for people in here, right? I can be empathetic. I understand what you're gonna put down on, you know, how I got here, why. It doesn't, it doesn't just happen. There's some other nasty that gets to this moment. Here's my problem. The, I was at the doctor's office today. This is just real. Person walks out crying, terminally ill, finished, dead, 30 days. I feel worse for that person. I don't care if you've had the same pair of clothes your whole life. At least you're alive, you got a nap bat, you got a shot. I choose optimism. Please, go ahead. Yeah. So. What's your name? I didn't catch you last time. My name is Zane. Zane? Cool. Zane, Zane go ahead. Um, how do you like, and like, like, talking in front of a car, how do you like prevent being scared? It's all the same themes, man. I just don't care what you got. Like I walk like in here or when I speak to 7,000 people at Madison Square Garden the other day, like I just don't care. Fear comes from willing to let somebody else have the other upper hand on judgment. I'm gonna give my best. I came here and gave you my best. I'm 30, D-Rock's already bent out of shape because he knows I'm 30 minutes late for this important meeting. But like, I'm giving my best right here because this is more important to me. But like, if everybody leaves here and says, that crazy white dude, f- him, right? I don't care. Because I know I just left it on the line. So I'm always gonna do me. And if it works out, good. And if it doesn't, good. <laughs>